Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. A little sore. <laughs> Forgot to stretch. I just... Your something guy, your guy's little conspiracy things that you come up with are so we I came up in like fifteen seconds, if we're being completely honest. Blankers went out to uh to get a drink. And there was a little basketball that Blankers brought. Thank you I for that. It's really hoop. it's a really Blank nice addition. He brought a, a little hoop, which I, I think we're gonna get a lot of play out of. We couldn't figure out how to air out the air the ball up though. Oh, they, not it a pump. came with a ball? There's a ball, but there's no pump. Oh, I, I got one. I will bring one in. So we couldn't uh we couldn't air up the ball. But I was like, let me dunk on Blankers. Y'all get in there. Y'all have the basketball goal. When he sits back down, I'm going to dunk on Blankers. And I think for putting together in 15 seconds, it went all right. Had no idea what the hell was going on. It was going, <laughs> yeah. You did the white man's overbite. And the next thing you know, a ball hits me in the shoulder. And I'm going, what, did, what are you guys doing? I know. I thought you might punch me. But it was you worth won't. it. <laughs> I think I just had a little bit of a stoots left there. That's embarrassing. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> with a trade deadline a few days away, I have a reason of, for optimism for you guys yep. and a reason for pessimism for you guys. What do you want to do? Friday, glass half full, glass half empty? I can play along with this because I got a couple. Go ahead. What do you want? What do you want to? You want to be like? Uh, should we be positive or negative first? Let's be balanced and fair. But we're we going to contribute to the show. Today. We wanna go, you want to go negative? We always start positive on Monday, so let's start negative. Okay. All right. Since we're flipping the week, one reason for pessimism with this team, and we've kind of already talked about it a little bit earlier today, the form of your starting pitchers. Like, if you're looking at the, if the postseason started today, you're not really feeling all that comfortable with your playoff rotation. Fromber Valdez might have his worst five-star stretch, like in the last three years with the Houston Astros. He's went from like AL Cy Young favorite to now his last five starts. Man, I hope they figure him out. They better figure him out for his, for the ceiling of the Astros to be very, very high. You say the same thing with Christian Javier. They're trying to figure out Christian Javier. Hunter Brown, they're trying to get him to pitch closer to his ceiling, hoping he didn't hit the rookie wall. Those three guys who are not in good form are your best three starters. I know J.P. France is outproducing all of them. From a staff, from a stuff point of view, Fromber, Javier, and Hunter Brown are your best three starters, and their form right now is poor. Reason for pessimism. That's where I was going, too. The fact that it might be too much to overcome to not only have already endured all of the injuries to your starting rotation, but now know that the two guys that you were going to rely and lean on the entire season are at a point where you need to see if they're fixable and if you can correct the ailments that they're going through, which aren't necessarily physical. Something's going wrong with, as you said, control. Whatever it was, Javier seemed to have a tired arm previously. I don't think Fromber necessarily has a tired arm, but he has, he has taken out a lot of innings. And the biggest concern to me is no matter what you try and do with the deadline and because you're limited with the resources you can give up, you're probably only going to get one starting pitcher and one might not be enough because you need those other two guys to get way closer to where they were a year ago than trying to hope that Hunter Brown and or J.P. France be this year's version of Christian Javier and step up bigger as the season gets longer. There might be too much to overcome from a starting pitching perspective. Your form right now, these starters, quite honestly, I don't think... If the playoffs are starting right now, I don't I don't have much confidence the Astros win a World Series with the way their starting pitchers are performing. Now, there's two ways to fix that. One, you make a splash at the trade deadline, which will be difficult, and then you get these guys in form as the other. Like Fromber at his best, capable of being a number one in the playoffs. It was true last year. Uh, Christian Javier at his best, no hitter in the World Series. Hunter Brown at his best, very, very good. So, like, you need to get these guys right. But if the playoffs were right now, 
I would not be very confident with the Astros' playoff rotation. Now, I'm more confident that they'll figure it out than if they were into the playoffs right now having success. Y'all have more reasons for pessimism? Did you were going well, with starters, well, too? Yeah, I was going to start, too. The other thing that you might factor in is that the injuries reoccur. That because Altuve's had, what, four separate injuries this sure. year with the fact that Jordan's had multiple injuries this year. The fact that if one decides to pop itself back up, whether it be a, you know, Jordan in the past, we've seen it happen with the hands. It kept reoccurring. I hope that the obliques don't keep recurring. But because these guys had multiple injuries and you keep trying to, you know, you're trying to handle them with kid gloves, but you know there's a sense of urgency now to get them back. Yep. That if one or if, God forbid, both experience some kind of setback again, that that could make it to the point where it could almost be insurmountable. The um, relying on guys who have been injured this season is, I think, a reason for pessimism, too. Now, you, you try not to allow your mind to go there, which I, I understand. You're trying to like have um, optimism whenever you view it. But, yeah, I mean, because of the two. Many- We've already said, Jordan is just, you cannot replace him. So if Jordan goes down for another stint of time like he just came back from, at this point in the season, that could be insurmountable. Altuve, because of the way Dubon's played this year, you can get by. But if it's Jordan and it's another stretch of like, you know, 15 games, that could be a a body blow that you just can't come back from. Injury prone. I mean, Jordan's injury prone. Uh, Jose Altuve this year has had four different injuries. So... You you hope that you dodge the injury bug the rest of the year. Now, reason for optimism, this offense is starting to shape up. Mm-hmm. This offense is starting to look the part. Alex Bregman swinging a hot bat. Kyle Tucker the last six to eight weeks is performing at an MVP level. Jordan Alvarez is back, and he had a, look. He had an opposite field double in the, his first game back. Like He sent one almost out of the park to the deepest part of Minute Maid Park. He looks good. Jose Altuve is back. You're getting those guys. Jainer Diaz is hitting home runs, which we don't know how much he's going to play, but he has been a factor. Like, this offense is starting to shape up, and we've talked about, like, what is the best look? What is the best offense for this team? And even without a trade, like, you you could have Jainer Diaz as your DH, Jordan in left field, Chaz in center, who's been, that's another name we didn't mention, who's been red hot, Tucker in right, Abreu has been better this last three months than he was the first two months. The reason that I have of optimism for the Houston Astros is this offense on paper is starting to look the part in what we thought they would be all year long when healthy. Well, not only that, but I'll take it a step further for my reason for optimism is normally when you have a team that has taken on this many injuries to penciled in starters from the start of the season on, you get to a certain point when you get to a certain amount of players that have gone through them and you just basically understand it's just not going to be your year. You fold up the tents and you really start playing for next season. The fact that they've had so many unsung heroes and Cinderella stories step up for this team so that they can stay within two games of first place at this point in the season with all they've endured makes you feel extremely positive that now when you get Jordan back and you get Altuve back, and we've said that's almost like making two trades at the deadline because you've played so much of the season without them. And you still can count on a Dubon wherever you need him as a guy that's just not a one-game replacement with a we'll take whatever he gives us to a guy that's an above-average hitter that can be an above-average defender that can play so many different positions to a Corey Jolks who can steal bases and play defense and do things for you to all the different guys that you've had along the way, Chaz becoming an everyday player. There's so many positives from the so many all the contributions you got from guys that weren't expected to give you to the level that they're giving you that now you add two really, really above-average, top-quality players and still have those guys in the mix, you're in a better position than a lot of teams in this league because you're you're deeper 
and you're more talented. It's kind of weird, like from where we're at the start of the year, the Astros' number one pitching staff ERA for, for such a long time, and then you get healthy. Tucker starts playing like at a Kyle Tucker level. Alex Bregman starts playing closer to an Alex Bregman level. And now it's like you can see the makings of a top five offense in baseball. Uh, you make a trade to that offense. You're like, oh, man, that might be the best offense in all of baseball by the time you get to the uh, to the postseason. Whereas the form of your top three starting pitchers right now are, are the cause for concern uh, that you have, which leads to the the other question. Look. The trade deadline is going to be Tuesday. The trade de- there might be a, d- a trade done by the time we do a show noon on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say the Astros trade for a lefty bat starter and a bullpen arm, all three. Because like, I, I think that there's a possibility. I think there's a bigger possibility that Dana Brown trades for a lefty bat, a starter, and a bullpen arm that are all no name guys or game or names that don't have much clout cachet than it is to make one splashy big trade for like a Justin Verlander. So let's say the Astros do make the trade for all three. You know, a minor name lefty bat, a minor name starter, a minor name bullpen arm. Which one would you prefer to give you the best results? Which of the three would be the best preference to produce better than the other two? Left field bat, starter, bullpen arm. It's a no-brainer to me. It's starting pitching because of everything that we've talked about. Because there's so much uncertainty with guys finding it, guys getting healthy in the case of Rikidi. You know, getting guys back is one thing. Guys figuring it out is an entirely different uh, conundrum to deal with because you don't know what it is, and you can't pinpoint it and say, oh, it's a forearm impingement, or he's having some shoulder stiffness. No, this is more mechanical to figure out the control, to get the secondary pitches where you need them to get to. That's why it makes it so much more frustrating. That's why when you paint that scenario for me, I'm fine getting a secondary, more no-name guy in the bullpen, and if you do choose to add another bat, I really need more of a guy that's a three-plus rotational guy. I need a bigger splash at the rotation because of the fact that it's so much in flux as opposed to the other two positions that you're trying to to get better at. I probably have to go starting pitcher, too. I think I'm going to have to go starting pitcher because I think that's what gives you the better result. Like, we, we talk about ceiling here, right? Like, if Romer, Javier, Hunter Brown start pitching to their norms, the ceiling for this team raises. If you add a starting pitcher to this team that produces better than the left fielder that you acquire, the reliever you acquire, I think that raises the ceiling more than the other two. Now, if you bring in a left-handed bat and he's raking and he's really, really productive, that's an offense that is scary, super scary uh, whenever you're going up against it in the postseason. Now, a starting pitcher, though, like he can go out and win a game on his own. Like He can go six shutout innings, all of a sudden turns it over to the bullpen, and that, that's a series victory in a short series. Mm-hmm. That's something that can carry you. That can be the difference of advancing or not advancing. Uh, a reliever, I think they're strong enough in the bullpen. Like I'm, I'm confident with a Ryan Presley, with a Brian Abreu, with a Hector Neris in the back end of my bullpen. You give me a starter who can take it to the seventh inning, I feel comfortable the Astros are going to win the game. So I'm with you. I have to go with the starter. And to me, that's why I would like it to be more of a guy that's been there, done that, proven, if that means bigger name mm-hmm. to it. That's why of the three positions, I'm fine with kind of just you know adding guys that aren't as splashy in the other two. But the, the starting pitcher to me is the, the utmost importance for this, this squad. Like Michael Lorenzen helps you. Yeah. Michael Lorenzen makes this team better. Michael Lorenzen, if you go to a six-man rotation, it gives you a real starting pitcher in a, in a six-man rotation. And, and then let's factor in Jose Arquiti as well. Like that helps you get through the regular season. That's going to help you uh, win regular season games. It's going to help you win a division title. If you start to forecast it forward, though, at whether it's a wild card series, which is the best of three, or a divisional series, which is the best of seven, I don't think Michael Lorenzen raises the bar of your starting rotation. 
I don't think he's no, one right. of your top four right. starting pitchers. You're right. No, you're right. And, and so that's why, be, like to your point, it's yeah. got to be a name that jumps yes. JP France or yes. Hunter Brown. Yes, absolutely. And then as I look at it, if I'm Dana Brown, as much as I've said and and, and I've been adamant about, I'm not even considering Michael Brantley. But if you're no. Dana Brown, you go, well, I'm thinking about adding a bat. But if I already got one in-house that even if you go to the scenario you painted for us a few uh, a few weeks ago, he's only going to be a pinch hitter. He's only going to be a guy coming off your bench. But if he's anywhere close to Michael Brantley, who he's been throughout his career, he's probably better than most any other bat you could put on your bench to bring off the bench in a pinch hitting role. So that means the likelihood of Dana Brown putting a higher importance on going to get a left-handed bat it goes down the list because you still have someone in-house that could, not that we're counting on him, but he could be a factor still. Couldn't Arcini be a factor in the rotation, though? I don't, but not to that level that we're talking about. He's raising and up. the bar. Yeah, a three and up. Yeah, I'm with you on that. 713-780-3776-6146. The makings. Okay, this all makes sense for a Stroman and Bellinger deal and then a side trade for a bullpen guy. There's a very real chance that, one, the Astros don't have enough to do that, and secondly, that the Cubs aren't going to be sellers. Uh, They're four out of the wild card as it stands right now. Uncle Barney says, I like uh, bullpen arm. The the starters throw too many pitches. The bullpen is always spent. I think France is for real, so he is the insurance in the starter's case. Now, I can hear the logic for a bullpen arm if Fromber, Hunter Brown, Javier are pitching closer to their mean. Uh, with their current form, I'm going to need a starter. Yep. Now, if they're pitching better come October, then I, I love the idea of a bullpen arm because I think bullpens are what win in the postseason. I mean, you see how often managers have the quick cook in the postseason where it's, hey, you go four innings, we're going to that bullpen. And the Astros rode that recipe to the World Series last yeah, year. Yeah, look, I, I love Uncle Barney chiming in, and most more times than not, we're on the same page. He usually I, agrees with you more yeah, than me. I'm not in this case. Uh, you know what? I'll add a bullpen arm. If it means I've already added a starter at three at, at like a higher level, otherwise my utmost top priority is a starting pitcher first and foremost, and then everything else is icing on the cake and before the deadline. Where do you stand on this seven one three seven eight zero ESPN the HRMP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's guess the date on a couple of players. One of them that you mentioned, and also when is CJ Stroud named QB one? Let's guess the date. When is Stroud named QB one? For the Houston Texans. 713-780-3776. Killer Beast, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 925. Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here. You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Chick-fil-A gave me one barbecue sauce today on my 12-piece nugget count. At least it was with their pleasure. But give me two. I heard a uh, little they birdie. Charge you for those? No, they don't charge you for barbecue. Now, I think if you extra get extras, yeah. I think if you get extras, maybe. But usually, if you ask nicely, you give them a little wink. They're usually good. She's all right. She have to talk. You have to be nice. Kill them with a little bit of. Uh, kill them with. Kill them with honey, not with uh, vinegar. Right. That's why Joe George is out. Yep. Joe George is out. It's not nice. Joe's. I'm. I've never been more excited for the wheelhouse than I am today. Oh, by the way. You know what's crazy? For as much as he prostitutes his own show on the weekends during our show, the fact that he hasn't tried to prostitute his appearance this afternoon. I think he's doing it out of. uh, I think he's doing it out of respect for us. Honestly, so he's turning over a new leaf. But I think he's been talking very little today as he preps for that show. He's saving his voice. (laughs) No, I was doing who said it. Joe's going to be on uh, the wheelhouse today. He and he and Jake Asman. From three to seven, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. We might have to bring back the bit for one for one day only. 
what is the wheelhouse leading off their show with? Uh, guess the date. When is C.J. Stroud named QB1? Before we do that, but you can get your uh, guesses in. 713-780-3776. Guess the date on C.J. Stroud. One of the three of us added to their bird count today. One of the three of us added to the bird count. What were the standings, Joe? Entering today, it's just one nothing. I think one, it was one zero zero. Blinkers was leading one zero zero. I was leading. No, no, Jeremy, you were you leading. were leading. Oh, I was the one that got the bird. Yeah, you yeah. got the bird. Oh, that's. I mean, that sounds about right. So one zero zero. I was leading. Yeah. Well, we now have a tie. There is now a tie for the Killer Bee bird count, and it was Blankers. Yes, How was. did you get the bird today, Blankers? How did you tie yesterday. me for the lead? Oh, yesterday. yesterday. Uh, left a little later. Uh, because I was talking to the intern. You're working hard. You're doing a lot of stuff yesterday yep. after the show. And you know what? Knock on wood, but most of the time when I drive home at that time of the day, I've never really experienced like standstill traffic. You know, I know you and especially Joe deal with a lot more. So much. Well, two days ago, it was really bad and I got home late. Yesterday, it was completely, ridiculously standstill awful. I called Lisa. She's at the TV station, and I just said, hey, can you go to the traffic department and figure out what the hell I'm dealing with here? Because on my phone, it's not showing. There was an accident at 1230 in the afternoon. I'm like, this can't be it. So she calls me back. She goes, no, you were right. There is a motorcycle fatality. Oh, dang. So she goes, and they're still clearing the other one. You might have to endure two. If you got the bird from him, I'm really impressed. No, 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 no. no. So, so, and then RIP whoever that was, because I'm not going to take those kind of shots. But I'm sitting there. We're all in standstill traffic. There's semis all around me. This dude in this small SUV just decides that he's better than everybody else. And he just decides to take a completely hard right turn and make everybody stop. And, like, he bogarts his way through three lanes of traffic. He's in front of me. Now it starts to open up a little bit. I'm trying to get around him. I am like, okay, at this point, we ain't having any of this. I honk. And then I end up rolling up alongside of him, and he doesn't even like my bad or you know what. He looks at me and just completely flips me off and starts laughing. <laughs> That's the best. Bro, I'm telling you, I, I put the car in park, and I started punching my hand going, saying all kinds of things like, are you, fr-, you know what, to, to have the, they, to do what you just did. And about a half a mile up, I end up going past him, and he's stuck on the right-hand side, and I just laughed as I went by going, you know what? Yeah, you gave me the bird, but screw you sitting there in the right-hand lane that you thought was going to get you out faster. Now you're stuck in the middle of it, and our <laughs> lanes are going. You uh, you put your car in park? Oh, man, I was I was literally. <laughs> what I was were you like, going to do? You're going to get out of the car? I, you know what? I literally thought about a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. Park, huh? Yeah. Uh, Step out and punch the window out. That wouldn't have been. That would have been a not so good. Move. Yours or his? His. Did you? Uh, did you give him the? Did you tell him he was number one whenever you drove by? I did him? not give him one back because I was. You know what I, I was done? verbalizing every cuss word in the book. Can you guess what I would have done in that situation? You'd have waved. Maybe we'd have blown him a kiss. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I, I think I would have blown him a kiss. Um, that's Ooh, a good one though. Hot. So you're tied with me. Joe, do you ever get these birds? Are you going to be? Are you going to be a contender? I had a buddy of mine on the phone oh, yeah. while it was going down on my blue. T- you know, that's the least speed. shocking thing. And and, and and he was like, "Whoa!" He's like, "Hey, man, it's not worth it. Don't do it. Don't." Because he was like, "Man, you were close." I go, "Ooh, I was so close." Because I've been sitting in traffic for two hours. There's this. There's this turn that I make over here by the Galleria, where it's it's two two left turn lanes, but everyone always goes into the wrong lane. And Is this go, the one under the bridge, under the bridge? To, the, to the 2610? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You turn and there's three lanes. Yeah. 
people on the inside left turn lane try to go into the middle lane on the next street, and they do it wrong. Yep. And I always do it right, and I always get the bird there. I actually haven't in a while, so I'll, I'll be added to it soon. I'm, I'm looking forward to your first. They happen. Well, you're living in this bubble. It's probably why you're not getting it. I try not to have – I don't get them when I've got a kid in the car. I drive, like, extra precautionary. Yeah, I probably – I do, too. Now, I don't I do think too. it would, that doesn't stop you. I don't give yeah, you the birds. Exactly. I don't That's think true. I don't think it'll prevent me. That's, I don't think I don't think I'm fair. immune to birds whenever mm. the Branham baby and Branham kid are in the car. Good call. But I do I do drive a little bit more precaution. Yeah. But I'll, I'll get one soon, I'm sure. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to your first day. You can give us your bird story 713-780-3776 or if you were the one that gave the bird to Blanks, we want you to call in 713-780-3776. Middle-aged Jake. What if it was, Jake? Oh, then I would have got... Well, there would have been a different scenario. There would have been a different ending. Still the car in park, though? Mm-hmm. Let's guess yep. the date on C.J. Stroud. When will D'Amico Ryans in the Houston Texans announce C.J. Stroud as QB number one for the Houston Texans? I will say... You know what I'll say? I'll say right before the first preseason game. Okay, that's less than two weeks. I think in less than two weeks, it'll... He, he, you know, look, Carolina's already done it. I think that, you know, based on what you told us with your intel about how Davis Mills looked, the fact that it's the worst-kept secret that's still evidently a secret as to you know what they're going to do, and everybody knows what they should do. Yeah. I, I think more sooner rather than later, so before the first preseason game, they're going to make the announcement. I think they'll go... So you said the week of? Yep. So they play at the 10th. What day are you going? you got to guess the date. you got to be exact. Uh, so I guess the day works. What's the day of the week on the 10th? So it'll be, it'll be, uh, No, it's Thursday, August 10th is when they play the Patriots. They're at Foxborough. Uh, mon- uh, Monday. Okay, so seven. Monday the seventh. Mm-hmm. Joe's or Blankers is getting guessing Monday the seventh. I think they're going to give Davis Mills one game as QB one, and I think the reason why is because they want Stroud to play more, and I think they want Stroud to play against the other teams twos. I don't think they want Stroud to go against another team one, even for like a series or two. So I think they'll go CJ Stroud as the starter week two of the preseason, and I think they're going to do it like the Monday after that Thursday game. So if Thursday is the tenth, Friday the eleventh, Saturday the twelfth. The 14th? Is that what I'm right? 14th. I'll go August 14th. You're writing this down. August 14th is when the Houston Texans will announce C.J. Stroud as QB number one. I'm writing it right now. You wrote it down? Yep. We got the 7th for Joel, the 14th for Jeremy. Are we giving away anything like we did for um, Lance McCullers? And nobody got the Lance McCullers date. Well, somebody's still possible? Someone's still possible. Let me scroll down through our Google Doc here. Um... Nine five eight three, game three of the two thousand twenty four season, is their prediction. So it's still on the table. I'm gonna go. This is September second. They're gonna wait that long. Yep, I'm unhappy about it, but they're gonna wait till September second. So you're going week one then. Yeah, you're going week one before week one. They're gonna wait it out. They're gonna do the dumb charade all through preseason. After the preseason's over. They will announce C.J. Stroud. I don't see, I think I don't, that's too long of a wait. I, I, don't, probably, don't think, I don't think they're going to do that. I hope I'm wrong. I don't see Davis Mills being QB1 ahead of every three preseason games, and then at the end of the preseason, like, oh, here you go, Stroud. You're going to be it. Yeah, we've we've already been through that whole Tom Savage routine with Bill O'Brien when we knew Deshaun should have been the starter, and then a half, a half through the game, they he made the change. They ain't doing that again. This is a new day dawning with Cal and, and you know, boy, Cool Cat Cal and Hannah. Nah, I mean, I think overall with all the new pieces in place, 
They're going to make it sooner rather than later. That's way too long. Guess the date. When will C.J. Stroud be named QB1 by the Houston Texans? 713-780-3776. Will of Bits is next. What does the Will have in store for us? What does Joe have in store? And we'll see if we hear S2D2. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hello there, loyal listeners. I know you hear us mentioning ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 quite a bit on the station, and here's why. In order for our stellar programming to reach the maximum population in Houston and surrounding areas, we need two frequencies to cover everywhere you might be roaming about. Is it more expensive and a lot more difficult to manage? (laughs) Hell yeah, it is. But you're worth it. If you're experiencing any static or interference due to your current position around Houston, simply flip between your two radio presets, 97.5 and 92.5, and one of those signals will be crystal. We do this all to protect you from inferior sports talk of other stations and to protect you from tropospheric ducting. Trust me, you really don't want to know what that term means. Just know that with us, you're protected, and you won't get tropospherically ducted. ESPN. 97.5 97.5 and 92.5. Two stations for the price of none. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get you some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time to call your shot. Here's Joel and Jeremy. And Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to tell me what S2D2 said. This texture, it was his bird story, 9579. He says, on I-10 today, so if you saw this, uh, a construction truck was dropping rocks everywhere. One cracked my windshield, so I gave him the bird and I passed. He returned a double bird, so I got in front of him and started tossing golf balls out the sunroof. Well, you just have some Pro V1s like sitting in the car seat? Like, where, where do you, where do you have these golf balls stored in your car? 9579. Maybe so you keep them out of the trunk so they get excess, not excessive heat. The golf balls, yeah. But I mean, is it that For much better in the? Car, is it that much better in the seat? I don't know. Like, where do you keep your golf balls? Like, some, like in I'll, my golf bag. I'll have either in my golf bag. Sometimes I'll have golf balls in my car, but they're in the back. They're in the back of the truck. Yeah, they're in the cab. Or, or like you know, I keep the the boxes of the balls in the garage. Yeah, and then before I leave, I just grab the box and throw it in with my clubs. I never have golf balls in the front of my truck. Very or, bad idea, or, Jeremy, yeah. by the way, that you're <laughs> throwing like golf it. balls out the sunroof. Now, if it's like a two-lane highway and you're the only two vehicles on, but since he said that the rocks were going everywhere and, and, and you know, you're in, I assume you're in traffic where other cars are dodging them. Yeah. <laughs> what if the golf ball misses the intended target but then drills another car? You need your car to go fast. You're in big trouble. <laughs> Largo says top flights for that function. Rare Candy said Pro V1's too expensive to throw out the sunroof. Let's consider, though, he's got a sunroof. So if he has a sunroof, I think there's a certain caliber of car that they're driving. Mm, I think disagree. If they're a golfer, sunroofs are they, pretty prevalent, even yeah. in, even in hoopties. But I, for also for a golfer though, a golfer plus sunroof, I'm thinking a quality golf ball. I mean, I, I I don't know if I call myself a golfer. You shouldn't. I go golfing occasionally. I have yeah. a sunroof. Do you have golf balls? Not in my car. There you go. I'll tell you how they get there. You leave the course. Maybe you're leaving in a little bit of a hurry, and when you get in the car, you still got the golf ball in your pocket that you played with. So you throw it in the little cup holder? Maybe so. Yeah, maybe. But if he's throwing multiples, why do you have that many golf balls in the front seat? I have a buddy who's pretty good road rage. If somebody makes him mad. Okay. I said buddy. Uh, That's true. Good point. (laughs) If he's mad, he'll like, you know, do the normal bird flip stuff. But then he'll race in front of him and like get in front of him and like, you know, do the whole break thing. But he'll also throw pennies out of the back of his car onto their windshield. 
Tough. Yeah. Bad idea. That's when you, that's when you, if that's the guy doing it, that's when you pull out the cell phone and then you've got the witness to it and you've got the license plate. Yeah. You're probably, that's probably the way to go. But uh, yeah, it's funny. All right. What did the Will say? What did the S2D2 guy say? It's time to call your shot. Oh. Yeah. Three questions for you guys today. All right. First one. Best start this weekend for the Astros. Ooh. Javier, Hunter Brown, Brandon Belak. Blankers, Age Before Beauty. Let's say that again. Best start this weekend. Hunter Brown, Christian Javier, Brandon Belak. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Hunter Brown. I think Hunter Brown's you know, we the Colorado start, I am willing to throw out the window. Uh, I think that Hunter Brown is going to settle back in the quickest. Now, that's not to say that Javier, he's got a tough matchup tonight. But that's not to say that Javier is not going to continue to progress. There's just a lot more to get through with Javier, in my opinion. I think Hunter Brown will have the best start of the weekend. Um, and Belak, by the way, we, he had his yeah. la- all of his starts recently have against. We could have just not mentioned Brandon Belak. Yeah, seriously. Um, I mean, I didn't want to disrespect him that much. Well, he's a killer B. He's a yeah. bee. I'm going to go killer? with... Uh, he's a honeybee. He's we, a honeybee. decided. Right. He's a honeybee. He's a, he's a BP. Um, where, where, where does Hunter Brown fall into that category right now? He doesn't have a stinger, but yeah. he's got dingers. No, but I'm a fan of his potential. So he is a... What do you call baby bees? Baby bees? That's a good question. Baby killer I bee? I don't know what that is. Hopefully, I don't know. I'm going to go with Javier. I've been encouraged with Javier's stuff recently. I've been He's looked a little bit closer to the old Javier. I thought his last start, he was pretty good. He was getting swing and miss. Now he walked too many. He had a career-high walks. Like one step at a time, right? One foot in front of the other. I think Javier's been trending upwards in his last three starts. I understand two of them have been bad, and his last start wasn't perfect. I think with his stuff, and he was getting that high fastball over the last game. Now, sometimes he was out of the zone. And with the way the Rays have been scuffling offensively, I think Javier is due and in line for a good start. I'm going to go Christian Javier uh, as the best start of the weekend for the Houston Astros against the Tampa Bay Rays. That's kind of where I lean to, just because I, I agree. I mean, look, he had a no-hitter through five yeah. with six walks. Or it happened in the fifth, maybe? I can't yeah. remember. But like, so he was he was going good for a while. So His I, stuff was I think good. Javier. His stuff was good. His command was poor. Uh, next question. How many home runs combined this weekend for Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, and Kyle Tucker. Just give us half the lineup. Yeah, I was going to say, just do two and two. I would go Bregman and Tucker, and I would go... Okay, how Altuve many for Bregman and, and Tucker? Bregman and Tucker, I'm going... I think the over-under is two and a half. I think under. I'm going to go under. <laughs> Let's bet that. I'm going to go two. You just set the over-under, and then you bet the under? Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I can do well, that. Well, someone's got to set the line. Uh, Ten is my number. I'll bet the under, too. What's your number? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, Friday, man. It's the last half. Are we going all show. four? Or are we going two? <laughs> I don't know, man. I have no idea what we're doing now. Uh, um, let's go two. Bregman and Tucker. I'll go. I'm saying the number I'm picking, predicting. I'll go one. You think they only get one this weekend? Did you see the pitching for the Rays? McClanahan and Demay yep. today. They get Glass now on uh, on Sunday. I'm going to go one between Bregman and Tucker. Okay, how many I'll between say, Altuve and Jordan? I'll say one. I'll go two uh, I all think, four. Yeah, I, I'm going to go two. For Bregman and Tucker, and I'm going to go one for Jordan and Altuve. Well, I'm going to just go with the original question as I wrote it, so I'm going to say five total. That's a lot for a pitching staff that's good, and you're getting their best. For the record, I hope you're right. Yeah, me too. For the record, I hope that I'm terribly wrong. I hope, that I, I hope that I make the list next week for this for, for saying that those four combined for. It's two not a hot enough take to make the list. 
Yeah, but maybe not. All right. The Astros obviously are playing the Rays. The Rangers are playing the Padres this weekend. On Monday when the show starts, the Astros are blank, games back, tied, or in front of the Rangers on Monday. Uh, I, I, I know, the pitching matchup here. Yeah, we still got, we still got a, the, our bet as well. What, uh, the Padres? I don't like your side of the bet, by the way. I don't either, but I took it. It might it might require the Astros to win every game between now and then. Yeah. Let's see. What the bet was through the month, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. So there's four games left for each team. Yeah, I the like, best you can do is tie. Yeah, I like the chance. The them. Astros have to go four and zero, and the Rangers have to go zero and four. That's not gonna happen. Do you want to buy out of the bet? I'll sell no. you the five dollar coffee. You have to give me four dollars right now. No. All right. Um, fine. I don't care. It's not that big of a deal. I, I'm going to say that they are still two out. Padres kind of got some dudes going. They got Musgrove tonight against Dane Dunning. Tomorrow's you Darvish against Martin Perez. Sunday it's Blake Snell versus To Be Determined. To Be Determined's having a good year. Um, Blake Snell could be pitching for the other team, but I think the paint. I think the Padres take two of three. I hope they take two of three. I think the Astros take two of three. I'll say that the Astros after the weekend we're doing good, bad, and ugly. They're one game back. That's where I got it too. I go one game back because the Padres are playing better. The only wrinkle with this is I wonder. Would you take two will, games back? Will, will Blake Snell I, I just make that Snell start? I Snell might be pitching for yeah. the Rangers. Like, will Snell make that start on Sunday? That's or question. somebody else. I yeah. think there's a better there's a better chance he makes the start versus doesn't. Probably. But he could make the it's start. in play. He could make La- it for the Rangers. Maybe. That Maybe. would be wild. But I meant for the Padres. I think there's a better chance that he pitches for the Padres Sunday than he yeah, doesn't. Yeah, he has one more start left in him before he's traded. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a – but, but again, he, 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 30% chance he's not. You know what I mean? But um, would you take the Astros being two back? Yeah, of course. On Monday. Absolutely. As long as it's not three. Now, you're home against the Rays. They're on the road against San Diego. You would take two back? Yeah. Yeah, it's not perfect, but... Well, because like, like you could go 3-3. Three, three. You, you could sweep the Rays, mm-hmm. and they could sweep the Padres, and you're just two back. Yeah, like, nothing changes. So, I think the biggest thing right now is don't lose ground. I think I would take two back, too. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to... Conservatively... And granted, the Rays have been scuffling, but you're you're, you're facing their two best pitchers. Yeah. All right. So, what was the third question? That was the third question. My bad. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. How many games would you take if the uh, the Astros are back come Monday? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Also, will the Astros have a new player or players by noon Monday when our show starts? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Speaking of the Astros, Gentle Ben wants to send you to an Astro game. Houston-based Gentle Ben Spirits wants to treat you to a night out in Space City. They have an Astros ticket giveaway happening right now. Enter for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Friday, September 1st Astros home game against the Yankees. Yes, Gentle Ben does it right. They do their spirits right. And they do their Astro ticket giveaways right. Most of these ticket giveaways, they're sending you to a midweek game, Tuesday, Wednesday game. They're sending you to a mid-market game. No, the, the Gentle Ben wants to send you to the Astros-Yankees Friday, September 1st. To enter, all you have to do is head over to Facebook or Instagram at Gentle Ben Spirits, Facebook, Instagram, at Gentle Ben Spirits. Click on the pin giveaway post for instructions. You have through August 14th for your chance to enter and a chance to win. Plus, anytime you're at Minute Maid Park, you can find Gentle Ben Spirits serving up their specialty cocktails at Ben's Bar in Section 106. What's their secret? unparalleled smoothness. They've mastered the art of eliminating impurities that cause harshness or that unpleasant burn in distilled spirits. You'll love what's not in it. Suavemente, besame, 
Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Brenham guy. Oh, this song puts you in such a good mood to enter your weekend. I loved it when Javier pitches on Friday. Like, I want to go have a mojito now, to be honest with you. Don't you? That sounds good. Text-Mex. Sorry, Jake. It's fine. Mojito, little margarita, little Tex-Mex. Any of that sounds good. I had some Tex-Mex last night. Did you? Well, after our conversation about how good Tex-Mex was, and that's what we would give aliens. Where'd you go, Valencia's? Uh, no, I ordered it. So somewhere near the, near the house? Yeah, somewhere on Kingwood. Where'd you go? I don't even remember. It was a uh, really hit. Really, really, yeah, really hit, didn't it? Was it a double guana, whammy it negative? Iguana Joe's. Don't know where you went, and you didn't go to a sponsor. Iguana Joe's. I mean, that's. I mean, mm. I live in Kingwood. Mm. There's not a Valencia's in Kingwood. I would go mm. all the time if there was. Make it happen. I went to the Podbelly next to Valencia's the other day for lunch. Hmm. Mm. Valencia smelled good, though. I was I was regretting my decision. I didn't have time. And emailed I didn't have time for the Valencia's. Uh, five eight five six. You guys are the best. Have a great great weekend. Thank you. Um, you're one of the few that think that, but you have a great weekend as well. Five eight five six. Hopefully with uh, hopefully with. I love this song so much. It's such a good song. Sad reality is we might have to change it if Javier pitches poorly tonight. Well, J- Joe, Joe already screwed up and jinxed. Uh, Fromber the other night. Now, Fromber I, has not been in good form, yeah, though. I, I but but honestly, I was thinking about minutes. that. The, the song Roller Coaster is now more fitting than it was True. when he was rolling. That's a good point. No, we're just... Good point. Uh, this song just what? makes me happy. I'm so... like He's at the point where like he's like upside down stuck on the roller coaster right now yeah. is where Fromber's at. I'm, sad. I'm so sad Luis Garcia's hurt. For you miss that? I, I miss... I'll give, you, I'll give you a Luis Garcia on the next off day. That sounds... Would you... Would you? That would mean so uh, much to me. Should we start do doing for for Astros off day? Should we start doing the pitchers who are on the injured list? Yeah, let's do. Well, like oh, you can play between or, like or just memories, memories of the way we were. We could do. We could do like uh, Jake Odorizzi's Eight Mile oh, Song. Yeah. We could just br- uh, Justin Verlander's. Had, we could bring back all the ones we used to do. Did what was? Yeah, didn't Odorizzi have two? We had the uh, Stan. Was we had it? Stan, but whenever you that was over easy song. I think we had Wait, one for Oda Rizzi. Like Stan, like Eminem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because we hated watching him pitch. That's great. <laughs> yep. That's great. Um, actually, I don't even know if it was the Stan one. I think it was like what's played in Stan, right? Like right. The, it was. Yeah. It was part of the. There's a. There's a female singer that yeah, did the song. It was that the, song. And you can hear the rain and everything. Yeah. We used the. We used that part. We used yeah. the entire song of what that part of is in Stan. Oh, it was Dido. Dido, that's right. Yep. Play that Dido. That's yep, right. That's right. That's it was right. Dido. There you go. I feel like I feel like uh, Oda Rizzi though. His alter ego had a different song. Like when he pitched well, I think we went Maybe. to a different song. Verlander was uh, Joe could call his twin and find Ace out. of Spades. I don't remember. That's right. Verlander yep. was Ace of Spades. Yep. I don't remember my colors though. Quite frankly, I don't know. If I, I don't know. Think I don't about think we McCullers. ever had one. I don't think we ever had one. Maybe McCullers. not because he never. Pitched. We contemplated it. We had a vote well, one time, pitch. but we didn't solidify it. Huh? Yeah, we had we had options. I don't remember. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, before we get into the, um, will the Astros have a new player or players by the time we do a show again on Monday? Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Robbie, you're in the high with the Killer Bees. What's up, Robbie? Hey, how y'all doing today? Wonder I'm man. just wondering why, I'm just wondering why they can't do like a, um, a bullpen session like a lot of other teams do. And you can put some of the 3Ms out there, like uh, Mazinski, Montero, um, oh. Nathan to eat up some innings to rest some of the um, starting pitching arms. Yeah, 
Looking for an opener? He wants a bullpen day. You want an opener with a bullpen day? Sounds like it. It sounds like it. Um, I don't think that's a bad idea in a pinch. Like, if you're committed to getting every, giving every starter five days off, because normal rotation or a five-man rotation, you're pitching every fifth day, means you have four days off. Whenever you go to a six-man rotation, the whole idea behind the six-man rotation is you're giving them the extra day. You're giving them five days off, and then they're pitching on the sixth day. You don't necessarily need to have a starting pitcher in order to give the rest of your rotation the fifth day. You have your throw right. off. If you don't have the off days that week, which the Astros are about to start a stretch where they play, I think, 32 games in a 34-day stretch, which is going to be pretty taxing. The problem, like I, I normally, I'm not opposed to that. Like I'm fine whenever teams do that. The Rays do that a lot. Uh, Robbie is that the Astros bullpen has been super taxed, and they don't really have a long guy in the bullpen right now. Like Seth Martinez is the longest guy they have in the bullpen right now, and quite frankly, he's like two innings tops, maybe a third. But he really starts to labor in that third inning. So I don't think that the Astros, because of how much they've worked their bullpen and because they don't really have a long bulk guy in the bullpen, I don't think that they're really suited to do that with the way that they're currently built. Yeah, no, no. I think that and the fact that, you know, like you said, you pretty much surmised all of it. The fact is these guys have had a lot of innings already put on them. A, a lot of guys are way over their, their max appearances in terms of how much usage they've already gotten. You're back of your bullpen, guys. You definitely don't want coming in any sooner than the back of your bullpen that went in the six, you know, seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. and you probably don't want to mess with that. And, and then you don't have a, a viable long, long guys to go to multiple long guys. You could try and burn Stanek, but with Montero in flux, you're more likely to try and burn him. But there, you know, more times than not, Dusty's been needing those guys too. Yep. So I, I just think it's not the right time. That's the other thing with like a bullpen day. You're using every single one of your relievers. So now they've been used that day, every single one. So it really puts the state of your bullpen and we all know the, in the, a difficult spot. The graphic that AT&T uses about each bullpen arm and when they yep. were used last. If you go straight down the line with all those guys. They would all have to pitch yeah, it in. You're screwing yourself for the rest of the series. Because you don't have that bulk guy. Right. Like if, you had, if you had Blanco to be the follower for a reliever, and he eats four innings, then it makes sense. It makes sense to do that. But if Martinez can only give you two, now you have to use Maton for an inning. You need to use Stanek for an inning. You need to use Presley for an inning. You need to use Abreu for an inning. You need to use Presley for an inning. So it really taxes your bullpen because you don't have the bulk guy now. Even now, like Dubin. Dubin was a guy because Dubin he was would be a, a good starter. Bulk Dubin guy. would be a guy that could give you three, four innings yep. as opposed to one or two. You know who I would like as my opener if the Astros ever did this, though? A very right-handed, oriented lineup that you're going up against? Uh... uh Phil Maton? Rafael Montero. Oh. Two innings, Rafael Montero against a bunch of righties to open up again because we've seen him go two innings lately. Two well, innings Maton's for Rafael splits. Montero. That's why I thought you were leaning nope. that way. Right. But at Montero, two innings. He's been pitching two innings lately yeah. every now and then. And then Ronel Blanco, three, four innings. All of a sudden, you're into the seventh inning. If, if everything goes right, I don't hate Watch it. What, Jeremy, watching Blanco the other night in Sugarland, I'm just, I'm just not. That's why they need to add an arm, yeah, probably. Just not there. Um, when we do a show at noon on Monday, will the Astros have a new player or players by the time our show, our show starts? Um, they have one right now. Yeah. Jake has been selling us. The Astros just made a trade. That's what he's saying, and he gave you he gave you the thumbs up. All Maybe right. where's where's Joe at with our you know, sounder? And where are people like yeah giving us breaking news and then telling us on one the, of our social it's, medias? It's, I've I've got it. Okay, the Astros have made a trade. Play the sounder for us, Blankers. Play a sounder for us. Boom, boom, boom. Breaking news. Breaking the news. Astros and Chicago White Sox are in agreement on a deal that will send right-handed reliever Kendall Graveman oh, back to the Astros. I kind of like it. I like the idea of Graveman a lot. Now, I want to see the return before we have full takes here. We have not seen a return yet. 
But the Astros getting Kendall Graveman added to this bullpen, the Astros' bullpen is great again. I like it because he can be what Montero hasn't been. He could be, you know, he could be a guy at the back end when you need him to be a back end guy. I, I think this is a good pickup, but you're right. I, I'm not going to fully give it. The Astros won the trade or great <laughs> until I see what they gave up. They better not have given up Corey Lee. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Let me look at some of the specifics on Kendall well, Graveman. Well, what's his contract got left on it? Remember, he left the Astros. I thought he signed a three-year deal. I thought it was a three or, as well. It could have been two of the player up. No, three years, $24 million. So it's $8 million per year. So the Astros have him for the rest of this year and next, next year. Next year. Yeah. So that's cool. I like that yeah, I idea. that might have to give up more then. They probably, that's probably true. Now, Graveman this year has been fine. He hasn't pitched as good as he did last year or the year before, but a 348 for Kendall okay. Graveman, 42 strikeouts, 44 innings. So he's getting about a strikeout per inning, uh, 20 walks. Look, we know like Kendall it. Graveman too. And I... Look, I don't even think he's your eighth inning guy. No, I mean, but I like the ad. No, he's he's a he's a. You have four leverage he's relievers now. He's your versatility now. guy. You, he's your stopper, right? Or right. he's your fireman. Well, kind of like before they settled on Abreu, who he was changing a lot of different areas. You know, he was sixth inning, then he was seventh inning, then he was eighth inning. You know, he moved all around playoffs. He was big when they moved him into the eighth inning role. But he played he played the role of whoever needs a day off. That is normally you know between all the different guys between Presley, Abreu. I mean Abreu this year um, and Naris. Of those three guys, if a guy's pitched two days in a row, you've got a guy that can fill that spot. Yeah, I mean, you have four leverage oh, guys. Oh, look, there's Joe. You have four leverage guys in your bullpen now. You I have, like it. I mean, you have Ryan Presley at the back end. You have Brian Abreu in the back end. Then you have Hector Neris and Kendall Graveman. This is, uh, this is a good name. Dana Brown has, uh, has, has added a really good name. We, now, I don't want to have a hot take because if it's Corey Lee, Pedro yeah. Leon, Drew Gilbert, then I don't think it's a good trade. But this is this is a significant arm that has been this added to the Houston Astros bullpen. Compared to the scenarios we were talking about today with guys that are just not going to be splashy, this is more splashy. This is a name that I think Astros fans are going to be excited about. This is a name that if you're following baseball, you raise an eyebrow and go, "Ooh, that's a guy that could be a back of the a back end of the bullpen guy for a team that needs a guy like that." I think it's a good pickup. Coog says uh, first domino from Ontario to the Mets Verlander trade. It's a good point. Like now that you've added an extra reliever, like maybe you can be more willing to add Montero uh, in a salary dump. We've not seen Joe what the Astros are giving up here for for Kendall Graveman. No, I haven't seen anything yet. I like that he's under club control for another year because you have Maton coming off the books, you have Stanek coming off the books, and Naris isn't under contract next year either because he, he hit an option where it becomes a player option, oh. I believe, but it's so cheap that he's going to get more on the free agency market. So, like, Naris can even be off the books next year for the Yeah, Houston unless Astros. it's something I really disagree with for what they gave up. I like adding Kendall Graveman to this bullpen for sure. Yeah, we'll have to see what the return is, and we'll see if Dana Brown stays busy over the weekend. So, yes, there is a player, a new player, ahead of next week's show. Now we'll see if there's more players for the Astros next week. All right, it's going to do it for us. Thanks to uh, Joe George, our resident bubble boy, for doing all the hard work. He's blank. He hates that I call him that. He's blank. I'm Branham. Listen to the wheelhouse next. You 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 want to listen to the wheelhouse more than you've ever listened to the wheelhouse before because our very own Joe George will be hosting with Jake from 3 to 7. That does it for us. Have a great weekend, Houston. We'll talk to you on Monday. The wheelhouse featuring Joe George is next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.